At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We recognize this truth as we celebrate Palm Sunday. May today be a day of rejoicing. For behold, your King comes to you, righteous and having salvation. The Lord has heard our cries of Hosanna, save us now, and he alone has answered that prayer through his actions of love for you. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our Palm Sunday gospel text speaks of Jesus entering Jerusalem riding on a beast of burden. As we head into Holy Week, we'll hear the passion account of Jesus as he leaves Jerusalem, no longer riding a beast of burden, but having become a beast of burden. Jesus leaves Jerusalem carrying the weight of the sins of the entire world, your sin and mine. And there was no other man who could do that, only one, only Jesus, God's beast of burden. Our gospel reading finds Jesus entering Jerusalem greeted by the cries and shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. The Passion account finds Jesus leaving Jerusalem, this time to the cries and shouts of crucify him. Crucify him because he claimed to be the son of David, the Messiah. Crucify him because he claimed to come in the name of the Lord. Crucify him. But actually, if you think about it, those cries are the same. Because crucify fulfills Hosanna. Jesus accomplishes Hosanna by going to the cross, by suffering, by not saving himself, by being God's beast of burden. Trusting in his Father even when forsaken even when the sin and guilt of the world crush down upon him, even when he bows his head in death. Yet, even with those differences, both readings end the same way, with a confession of faith. The crowds confess Jesus as the promised Messiah, the promised son of David as he enters Jerusalem. And on Good Friday, if you remember, the Roman centurion confesses Jesus as the Son of God outside of Jerusalem. Jesus, Son of Man and Son of God. God's anointed and God's beast of burden. That's what we're called upon to remember this week, to confess this week. The story that we heard today and that we'll hear this week as we journey on into Holy Week is not just the story of Jesus' crucifixion, a nice historical event that happened uh, and has a happy ending that makes for a good movie. It's much, much more than that. It's more than that because it's also the story of our life. Remember, we are connected to Christ. And so his story is our story. It's the story of our sin and guilt. It's the story of what we deserve because of our sin and how we who are dead in our trespasses and sins can live. 
can live because we have a beast of burden who carries our sins away and who carries us to eternal life. Now, I know that that maybe sounds bad to call Jesus a beast of burden. It almost comes off as disrespectful, and some might object to hearing that. Because isn't it better to worship Jesus, to praise him, to glorify him, to lift him up? But listen closely to God's word. What does it tell us today? It shows us Jesus as our beast of burden. We might not like that name, but it's there. And he comes not to be lifted up by us, but to be lifted up on the cross. Because if he isn't your beast of burden, if he isn't your beast of burden who carries your sin, you can't worship him. At least you can't worship him rightly. For to worship him rightly is to have him bear your sin and mine. If he's not your beast of burden, then you must be your own. If your sin isn't on Jesus, then it's still on you, and you are lost. Because you can't carry them. Your sins are too heavy for you. They're too much for you. And if Jesus is not your beast of burden, then you have no life in you. No true life. No eternal life. For still today... He comes not to be served, but to serve. He comes still today to serve you, to lay down his life for you, to carry you, to carry the guilt of your sin, to carry your shame and your punishment, to carry you in his nail-pierced hands and on his whipped and shredded back as your good shepherd, your good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep to carry you in life and in death and through death to life eternal, to carry you not into the old Jerusalem, but into the new Jerusalem, that heavenly, eternal Jerusalem. See, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is our beast of burden. That's what we see this week. That's what it means to confess Christ. That's our confession of faith. That we all point to Jesus as the crucified Savior, the Lamb of God sacrificed for us, the scapegoat upon whom all of our sins are laid, whom the Bible tells us made himself nothing for us. Jesus is your willing and able beast of burden. That's what he wants to do, that's how he wants to be considered. Because his service to us is not a forced service under the crack of whip and driven to the cross. Although he certainly did fall under the whip, it wasn't needed because he would have gone anyways. His love compelled him. His mercy drove him and his loving compassion kept him there for us. Jesus dies that we might live. He's bound that we would be free. That free from our burdens of sin, death, and the devil, all the other problems and worries and anxieties that they bring. And right now, certainly the world in which we live has its share of problems. That free from all those burdens that we face, we will be free to live. Not only in his kingdom that has no end, but even now. Right here and now. 
With that in mind, Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians, have this mind among yourselves, which means two things for us. First and foremost is the mind of seeing Jesus as your servant, your beast of burden, who did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and humbling himself to the point of death, even death upon the cross. We are to have this mind among ourselves, this confession of faith that Jesus is our beast of burden. But also, secondly, to think not only of Jesus in this way, but also of ourselves. To think not only of Jesus' life in this way, but also your life. For his life is now your life. And so having been freed from your burdens, you and I are now free to bear one another's burdens. Having been forgiven, we're freed to forgive one another. Having been loved, we're now free to go out and love. Having been served by our Savior, we're free to go out and to serve. And man, what a wonderful, joyous thing that is for us as God's people. That we are freed to forgive, no matter what. We're freed to, to serve, we're freed to love, we're freed to share God's grace. Not only with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but out there in the world to which God sends us. And we do that not because we have to. We do that because we can. We do it because we want to. We do it because we've first been served by our Savior, Jesus. That's having the mind of Christ. So perhaps a, a good example of that might be if you would inherit a really large sum of money from a rich relative. So much so that you have all the money that you need for the rest of your life. So much that you would no longer have to work. You can, could give all your money away, help all those people you've ever wanted to help, not because you have to, but because you can. Because you were loved and given such a precious treasure. But when you think about it, that's exactly what has happened to each and every one of us. We've been given the inheritance of God. When, when Jesus took our place, when he became our beast of burden, he gave us his place, his kingdom, his inheritance. And so we have all that we need for the rest of our lives, both here and into all eternity. We don't have to work for our forgiveness or heaven or salvation or God's favor or any of that because it's already been given to us freely. When Jesus died, his last will and testament went into effect. And it's all yours. It's all yours. And so as a result of that, we are inheritors. We are free. We are free to love, free to forgive, free to love, to have the mind of Christ, confessing him both with our mouths and with our lives, with our actions. How do you know, though? How do you know that it's all yours? Well, you know it because you will again receive that testament today. That New Testament put into effect when Jesus died. The New Testament in his very blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. Because here, once again, you will receive the inheritance. 
You will again receive the pledge and seal of his love and favor. You will again be served by your beast of burden as Jesus serves you with his very body and blood to give you life and freedom. So here's the cool deal. Just as Jesus left Jerusalem quite differently than he entered, so too we leave this place differently than we entered. Because what we entered with, our beast of burden leaves with. Just as he did that week in Jerusalem, he does that for us today. So all the burdens, all the sins, the struggles, the cares, the concerns, every challenge that you're now facing because of the pandemic and everything else in our world, we bring them here. Because Jesus is here to take them all. And then... Let his blood be on you and your children. His blood of forgiveness, his blood of life, his blood of freedom. His blood that was shed in love for each and every one of you. Because our cries of Hosanna, save us now, are fulfilled in the crucifixion. His loving and all-sacrificing service for us on the cross. He went there for you and for me. To be our beast of burden. And he didn't consider it to be something that was beneath him or too low of service for him or disrespectful in any way. On the contrary, it's exactly what a loving God would do. So he did it. And he's still doing it. He's still coming to serve us, to take what is ours and to give us what is his. That's what happens every week as we gather here in worship. He takes our sins, our worries, our anxieties, our failures, and he gives us his forgiveness, his grace, his love and mercy. So with that in mind, how do we welcome such a king? How do we rise to meet him? Well, again, we do as we do every week, as our savior, our king, our beast of burden comes to us. We sing the same song that the crowds welcomed him with so many years ago. Because the same Savior, the same forgiveness, and the same song. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.